the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics and we're going to intellectually think about arguments your worldview in mind and see if it makes sense with the reality that we live in. We're going to look at history, science, archaeology, and we're going to find out where you stand and where I stand in relation to our worldview. Does it hold water? Does it have a foundation? Today, our conversation will be special revelation in the two books, the Bible and the 67th book. Now, the two books they are referring to is General and Special Revelation. We talked about this last week. General Revelation would be the revelation of God to all people at all times, everywhere that we can see from the beginning of mankind to the end, exclaiming that God exists and that he is intelligent, powerful, and transcendent. This was communicated by his creation, providence, our conscience, and morality. When we think of the proponents of Hugh Ross and Reason to Believe, and others, especially in the last two decades, using the Belgic Confession to satisfy their longing to adhere to the evolutionists of the day, well, the transcript they use is in the Belgic Confession of 15. 61, written by Guido de Bries. It's Article 2, the means by which we know God. We know him by two means. First, by creation, the preservation and the government of the universe. Now, since that universe is before our eyes like a beautiful book in which all creatures, great and small, are as letters to make us ponder on the invisible things of God, his eternal power, and Godhead. I want to tackle this book of letters that we can ponder. Now, the Belgic Confession is used to suggest that the 67th book of nature or creation is added to the Bible. Now, we know that the Bible has 66 books. 
The billion day age proponents called nature and general revelation the 67th book. So this conversation needs to take place. And of course, when God writes his manuscripts or carries along men of old prophets and apostolic teachers to write down scriptures, whatever scripture talks about must be true. The infallible inherent word of God, especially when we're talking about creation, providence, the conscience and mankind. But I must underscore the, the frameworks of systematic theology usually starts off squared. And we know that in Christianity, all errors, all heresies start with an exaggeration or a partial truth. And as time progresses and questions need to be dealt with, we find definitions of words developing a new meaning, stretched out further and further until they're unrecognizable, bit by bits. And it's always the Bible that has to be reformed or changed. Now that's a question in itself. Why is it always the Bible? Well, we must remember definitions matter. Why? Because if the words can't be stretched out to mean something other, then who's to stop the next person or the next generation in line to change its meaning again? And this is always the case that God made his worry, excuse me, and God made his word in such a way that inconsistencies will rise to the top. If you find yourself tearing out scripture or pushing hard words to make words and definitions fit your theology, these are red flags, a a yield sign. Uh, A few points I want to talk about. We must recognize when God is revealing the whole world to the whole world, this book of letters to ponder that he is intelligent, powerful, orderly, and transcendent. Also, in short, that God must be personal and relational, like the creatures we see. That this general revelation, this book of letters, must convey the same message from ancient history to modern times. This general revelation of God must look the same to the peasant and to the rich. For the sophist, the skeptic, the naturalist, the mystic, the religious, and the scientist. Modern societies and the tribes in the jungle of the Amazon must see and be convinced of general revelation. Now, this two-book concept, this emphasis was given by Francis Bacon in the early 1600s. He maintained that God gave humanity two revelations, the revelations of truth and each which is fully authoritative in its own realm. Well, the question here is, what does fully authoritative mean when we're talking about the external witness of creation? What I do know, it's not because we understand all the dimensions of science that gives us this authoritative realm. As a matter of fact, it's because the hardening The suppressing of the truth that causes a man not to believe in God, it's not because of science. That could be a subcategory, but ultimately, 
It is suppressing of the truth. Yes, the consistency of God's order will let you measure the speed of light. The stars and the seasons will let the physicists understand how in detail the firmament and the heavens spin and stretch out in time. The mind of God lets the scientists understand the laws of science and measure it and experiment with it. And even the atheists of justice, the, even, even the atheists, even aesthetics, when we talk about justice, mercy, and beauty, will let you see a creative God with standards. And yet science has no answer for this in the 21st century. If anything, they say it's a human construct. The sun, the snow, rains, winds, and rivers will let you see a God who sustains our daily lives. And yet, the meteorologist can study how it all comes together. But it's not the measurements or the equations that confirm there is a God who made nature or creation. You can know God created this universe. But how he created it is another question. Because you can demonstrate through mathematics how gravity works, it does not make it general revelation. Because you might know how many billions of light years to the horizon of the universe does not make it general revelation. In other words, every time we discover something new in the vast universe and over the millennia, and we can explain the orderly patterns and in some such way write, out, write it out in equations does not make it general revelation. Created things tell us something about the nature of God. To say the scientists, to say the scientist who interprets science has an equal footing to prophets who spoke of old or apostolic men of God is to misunderstand God breathe. In Second Peter 1.20, it says, Knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved or carried away by the Holy Spirit. You can calculate the numbers. You can put in the assumptions. You can guess where God used divine intervention in his creation and where he let the purposes unfold. But this is futile to the hermeneutics of contextual scripture when defining general revelation. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. But the billion years day age proponents say that the Belgic Confession confession declares that both scripture words and creation's works originate from the one who is truth and reveals truth. And then it goes on to say that both are subject to interpretation and therefore to human error, yet God has sent his spirit to guide us persistently to truth. Let's tackle that both are subject to interpretation and therefore to human error. The statement is not correct. 
We know with certainty the essential doctrines. We know God created this universe and everything in it. We are made in his image. We know Jesus conquered death. We know the Bible is God's word. But to say we know how God created, sustained, and uses everything for his glory is presumptuous at best. It's likened to the name it and claim it people, the prosperity religions. You see, the prosperity theology only works in a well-to-do society. The physicist, the biologist, the anthropologist, and the chemist only works in a well-to-do society. You know, I will leave this discussion with Occam's razor. William Ackman in the middle of the 12th century or 13th century, he was a scholastic philosopher and a theologian. And he said the problem-solving principle is that entities should not be multiplied without necessity. Therefore, all people at all times and all places can look at the simplicity of creation, examining that God exists and that he is intelligent, powerful, and transcendent. And there we have it. And we will see you in the second part of our discussion as we talk about natural generation, I mean natural revelation or general revelation and special revelation. This is Joe with Throughout All Ages, 1530 Apologetics. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. God loves San Diego. This is K-Praise, a service of Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. How you doing? This is the second half of 1530 Apologetics, and this is Joe with Throughout All Ages. We're talking about special revelation on this second part. And special revelation is that God came down to a people and he revealed to them who he was. He didn't come to the whole world at this time, but to a people. And he told them five criteria that all people everywhere question. How did we get here? What are we doing here? What's the reason for our existence? And how should we live our lives? And where are you going when you die? And the salvation plan. You see, every worldview has a salvation plan where either they're accomplishing something or they're redeeming something. Now, when we look at the manuscripts in the first chapters of Genesis, there was special revelation that was declared. And it declared this, that Adam and Eve were real people. A standard for God's word that he would not be, that his word would not be redefined. And what a standard is, God's will decree things, that he is personal, that what sin is, and there must be confession and judgment from a judge. He went on to declare that God made man and woman, that the two would become one flesh, that marriage was a union that God ordained, 
that they were to go and procreate, that disobeying would bring shame, sin would bring suffering and death to mankind, where languages came from, that Enoch, Noah, and Abraham were real prophets, real men, and that the flood was a real experience as Jesus and Peter in the first century make mention of Noah, the flood, and the ark. When we talk about special revelation in the New Testament, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 2.14. It talks about the natural man, and it says that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, initially, God must come to man with a special revelation. It tells us in Hebrews 1 that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, but has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. So we got special revelation, and that is God's revelation of who he is and God's revealed plans and purposes. Today we will speak on his purpose. And if you want to hear who he is, you can go to the podcast that's titled The Aseity of God. Very early in the Bible, in Genesis 2, the very beginning of the Bible, we have, as it were, a view looking at mankind through a glass, a dim glimpse of God and man separated because of sin. But God came and he came to Adam and to Eve. And it tells us in Genesis 2, 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. You see, this tree of good and evil was a choice to trust or disobey God. And we know if we think about it in Genesis 2, 9, it tells us, that out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. But the tree, the one tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that if Adam and Eve would disobey God, they would have to experience good and evil. What it meant to run from God, to disobey, which in turn brought death, and that was spiritual and physical death. Remember, God is revealing the mysteries of who he is and his purposes. There's another key verse I would want to bring to the table, and that is Genesis 3.15. After Adam and Eve sinned against God, that old serpent and Eve was there, and God said, I'm going to cause enmity between the principalities, the old serpent Satan, and the seed of the woman. And the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, the devil. And the devil is going to crush the heel of the woman's seed. Now, we didn't know what that seed was, what that bloodline was at the time. And this points in history, at this point in history, should I say, it is still a mystery. If we go forward about 2,100 years God reveals more about the seed in Genesis 26, 4. Because he told Adam, I mean, he told Abraham 
that in you, Abraham, your seed will bless all nations of the earth. This was a promise given to Abraham about his bloodline. The seed had everything to do with the woman back in the garden, as we shall see. We get the comfort of being able to look back during this time, but God was using symbols, foreshadows of things to come, and very metaphoric, although this was real history being made. If we go up another 500 years, here we have Moses, and the Israelites were making their exodus out of Egypt. And they started to complain and rebel against God. And we are told that the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, Numbers 21.6. And they bit the people and they died. And they came to Moses and they said, we have sinned. Speak to the Lord for us. And so Moses prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it will live. So Moses made a brass serpent because that's what God wanted him to make. And he, and he put it on a staff or a stick or a pole. And so when they looked at it and they were bitten, uh, the Israelite people would live. There's a lesson here talking about the brass serpent. The serpent was a type, a foreshadow of sin. The devil, the old serpent, caused Adam and Eve to disobey God. We call that sin. And the brass, well, the brass that they made the uh, snake out of was a foreshadow of judgment as God would have Moses raise up sin on a stake on a tree and it was cursed. And if the people identified that they had sin and that they're worthy of death, by faith they would look towards that which would save them. But for the grace of God, they would not die. The foreshadow is the serpent, the curse of sin and death, but that would be defeated one day by a full payment. Death would be paid in full. There would be nothing men could do to pay back for the curse of sin and death, but it would be paid in full by God, by God's grace and mercy. And even by this time during Moses, we're only seeing pieces of the puzzle. If we go to Isaiah 800 years later, we find out something extravagant. It says in Isaiah 53 that that he was wounded for our transgressions and that he was crushed for our wickedness. And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him when God would take his soul as an offering for sin for the whole world. So as we look through the quarters of time of history, We are seeing the plan of God's special revelation being presented to mankind. This was not revealed to the whole world yet. And as we go from Isaiah to Jesus, it was here we begin to learn more. As Jesus, as a historical figure, he tells his disciples in John 12, 32, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. And this he says, signifying by what death he would die. We know up to this point, the seed will crush Satan, the old serpent. The seed, the bloodline would bless all people and that he will be a sin offering for all mankind. We now have Jesus identifying as he, as the seed, as that person. 
And as we get to the famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So now it's set. The whole world is on call. If you go back just a couple verses down, we see God's special revelation that there was a fall of man, sin that brought death and separation from God. And there was no way man could get right before God on his own, on his own merits. And here we have it in John three fourteen. And this is what Jesus says. And as Moses was lifted up, the serpent, as Moses was lifted, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here is the mystery that was hidden, that Jesus would die for the whole world, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and having become that curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, Galatians 3.13, that he, Jesus, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And that through this seed, the whole world would be blessed. So when this corruptible in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, 1 Corinthians 15, 54. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, Where is your victory? The purposes of God to mankind in a special revelation. I'm glad that you can be with us today as we talk about worldviews and special revelation. I'd like to see you next week. And this is Joe Giona with 1530 Apologetics Throughout All Ages. We'll see you. That's a take, and this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.